0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information visit www.baylifechurch.org.au Yes, what is your confidence in? What is your confidence in? I think for... Uh, for many of us, we can relate to that stuff. We put all our faith and our trust and our confidence in things of the world when God wants us to have his uh, confidence in him. And, uh, you know, over the, I'm going to speak about this morning. I'm just going to start this, this uh, add to this series that we started last time I preached called Unstoppable. It wasn't meant to be a series, but there it's turned into a series. And uh, I want to talk about confidence this morning because I know one of the things I've probably struggled with the most over the years Is confidence now? I know you don't see that because you see me up every week, just ranting and raving and jumping up and down and doing my thing. But one of the things that I've really struggled with over the years is confidence. And I've been to lots of conferences and lots to um, you know to different speakers and and preaching even that helped us work out how to have more self-confidence and and build skills and to be better in life and all those sorts of things. And they're all good and helpful things. I'm not saying they're not. But I felt like this morning I wanted to share something. It'll be out of my testimony a little bit as well. But particularly about this vision of 2016 to enlarge the place of our tent. You know, that really the revelation is that we serve a magnificent God, a huge God. And only when we get that fresh revelation of who he is in our lives is when we start to really live enlarged lives for him. It's really when we start to live in this confidence we have in him, we really become unstoppable. Because no matter what gets put in our path, they're just road humps. We just go over them and we keep moving. And see, to enlarge the place of our tent, to stretch our tent curtains wide, to not hold back, to lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes, we have to have confidence in God, something bigger than ourselves. You know, last time we we looked at Joshua, how he was unstoppable and how he was strong and courageous. And and this morning we're going to look at this confidence thing. And um, that our confidence has to be in God, not in ourselves, who he is, who he says he is, who his word says he is, and that he has even got a greater plan and purpose for each one of us, for each one of us, each individual purpose, person here, he has got a plan and a purpose for you, specifically, personally. Not a big plan and purpose, yes there is, but for you, specifically, your plan and purpose. He has a promise for your life, many promises probably. You know, and, and I recognise that sometimes I'd had confidence in me, in my skills, in what I could do, um, the resources I could muster, and, and, and the truth is we have that and we'll fall over, just like that guy in that video did. It gets pulled out from underneath us. And we fall on our face or on our back. And uh, what we've got to do is have our confidence in God. And then we're unstoppable. We don't lose heart. We don't give up. We stay the course. We'll be unstoppable when we can get that revelation of who God is. And I've talked out of a scripture out of Hebrews to start with last time, and I'm going to do the same thing this time out of Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 25, because it starts that, that section with this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, since we have confidence, and that Greek word confidence means confidence. Whoa, that's unusual, isn't it? But it also means openness and boldness and frankness, frankness to speak out, speak openly, speak boldly. So we have a confidence in a God, our creator. And it goes on and it says this. Since we have this confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And I love that. So it's a reference to the Old Testament, to the temple. And, and only the, the high priest would go into that place. You know, we couldn't normal people couldn't access that place. In fact, they even tied a rope onto his foot just in case he died when he went in there and they could drag him out because no one else could go in to, to retrieve him. And this high priest would go in on behalf of all the people. And now we have this confidence to enter this most holy place. It's completely and utterly accessible to you and to me. It's accessible to us. We don't need a priest. We don't need anyone to go in for us. It's accessible to us as followers of Jesus. And we have this confidence to go in this most holy place. And we can be open and bold and frank about that because we have this relationship with God through Jesus. And, uh, and it continues in verse 20. By a new and living way, open, us, open up to us through the curtain is balanced. Through the curtain, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? There's a new covenant. It's Christianity. We're in the new, you know, living out of this New Testament times, and and basically, um, Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and life. So the way was actually what Christianity was called in the early days. The way, and uh, uh, and so what Jesus has done for us two thousand years ago, sacrificed on that cross, laid down his life, has paid for our sins forever, for eternity, for all time. The oldest pass away, the newest come. And, and you may recall that the curtain was significant because when Jesus drew his last breath on the cross, the curtain was torn in two. And the curtain is significant for us. It has been torn in two. There's no longer a veil between us and God. We are now, we have got a direct relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit in us, that works in us and through us, completely accessible to him. By a new and living way opened, us, opened up for us through the curtain. I love that. It goes on. That is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. You see, Jesus is our great priest We don't need another great priest. We've got a great priest. And he gives us this absolute confidence that we can participate in the promises of God for each and every one of us. That his plan and purpose will be outworked in our lives and on this earth because of that relationship we have with him. Jesus intercedes for us on the right hand of God the Father. You see, he's there and he's interceding for us. And the promises of God will be outworked through our lives and the holy spirit is in us and through and works through us so this confidence isn't based in our own abilities it isn't based in our own talents it isn't based on our own resources it isn't based on any circumstances our confidence is based in who he is in our lives And i'll just term this this coin this phrase god confidence godfidence god confidence a godfidence Hard word to say, actually, because it doesn't make any sense at all. But godfidence, and we need to operate with a godfidence, not a self-confidence. Sure, it's okay to be self-confident, but you know what? Sometimes you're just going to fall over. Sometimes we'll get arrogant. Sometimes we'll, we'll go beyond where God will want us to, to go. And we need to have this confidence in God. You know, and we read on this chapter particularly, and and uh, and it's a great. More verses after that, and it's this um call this the lettuce patch. The lettuce patch. And no, not lettuce, the, the salad, lettuce patch, L E T-U-S patch. Because there's five different lettuce in this next section. And and I just want to quickly run through these before I get into the next part of this this preach. Five different because I think these are the things uh that, that God is saying to us. Jesus is saying to us through this writer about what we need to do to, to have confidence in God. And the first thing in verse 22, it says this, um, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God with, sincere heart, with a sincere heart and in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near to God. What, what, what does it take to draw near to anybody, to anything? We have to actually lean in. We've actually got to, how do we do that? We, we, we build relationships, we get closer. We, we lean not on our own understanding, we lean on God. We start to rest in him, we start to surrender to him in the process. And, and, and I think that's the first thing we need to do to start to get a confidence in who God is. We've got to almost lose our confidence in ourselves and recognise that, you know what, we're going to stuff up, we're going to fall over, yeah. we're, we're going to muck up from time to time, we're going to say, do, behave the wrong way and, and, you know, that's who we are. We're, nat- we're natural men you know, and women. We're, we're fallen and, and, and that's our nature. And, and But when we have this confidence in God, there's this whole level that we go to in that process. You know, I've seen these two things happen. When we have confidence in ourselves, we can sometimes get a little bit arrogant we can sometimes get a little prideful, there's this self- adulation that starts to happen. Well, it's all about me, I'm good and and you know all the outcomes are based on me and and sometimes we get ahead of God's plan and purpose in our lives. you know and so even the right thing with the right motivation at the wrong time is the wrong thing. you know and and for us, we need to make sure we stay based in who God is, confidence in him, not in ourselves. and then the opposite of that is being insecure it's having feelings of being unworthy of doubts of being fearful and we then ne- we never end up doing anything for god in that realm either you know to timothy 1 7 for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind he's given us all that to 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 unlock us from those things that hold us back so what does drawing near to god look like and we keep reading here it says with sincere hearts got to have a sincerity. We want that relationship with God. We've got to get rid of anything, unforgiveness, bitterness, any of those things that hold us back from God. You know, we we need to to shed that stuff so we get close to God in this process. A sincere appreciation of understanding who God is, that we we need everything about him in our lives, not part of him, not, not a little bit, everything about him, that we are reliant on God in every aspect of our lives we lean into him and on him and that leads us to having a full assurance of faith i love that term a full assurance of faith just let that sit in your heart for a minute in your spirit a full assurance of faith do you have a full assurance of faith i mean what does it even mean you know Hebrews 11.1 tells us what faith means. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And so a full assurance of faith means abandoning all that we trust naturally in our resources, our abilities, our reasoning, things we even see. And it's relying instead on him, on the things of God, the things we can't see. His promises, his provisions, his love, his grace, his mercy for every single one of us. But, but even that attitude isn't complete assurance of faith because you can have an inner understanding of that. But actually, till it's actually outworked into action, it's not a full assurance of faith. So there's this inner revelation that needs to turn into an outer response. And it's action. You know, James tells us, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith proves itself in our obedience to God every day. You know, so there's two sides of faith. There's the assurance and and then there's the expectancy. And we can have assurance so we feel safe and secure. But unless we have this expectancy that God will do what he's going to do, we don't ever participate in it. We just sit back and wait. And we need to be participators of faith. We need to be outworking that faith every day of our lives. And, And the way we see God determines that faith outworked. You see, if we see God as this huge, big, audacious, wonderful, amazing God, we'll respond that way. When we see God as a small, insular, distant, you know, iniquitous sort of thing, we'll we'll react that way in our faith. And we need to make sure we we rise our, our, our level of experience to our level of faith, not bring our faith down to our level of experience. Raise our faith our our experience to the level of faith rather than the other way around because so often we live our lives and we don't see the miracles we don't see things happening and you go where are you God and God's saying well come on where's your confidence push through do the next thing just do the next thing in front of you you know until I tell you to stop just keep doing what I'm telling you to do And, and, and it takes an assurance of faith knowing in the tough times that God is with us in those situations. You know, this, this passage finishes with this thought. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You know, we, we can't allow guilt or shame or past failures or, or even the enemy to hold us back from the confidence we have in Christ. Look, I don't know if God's ever given you a word, a prompting, a scripture, a promise... But each one of us, I'm sure, has got a promise in God. You just have to seek it out, what it is for you. And then once we have that promise, we just hold on to it until God says stop. And he'll, he'll, he'll bring it into reality. It might take a day, a week, a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If we've got that promise in our hearts, we know it's from God, we've got to stay firm on that course. We have to have a confidence in him that he'll bring that off. You know, even David stuffed up big time when you read about it, you know, committed adultery and murder. And, and this is his response in, in Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And goes on. Restore it to me, the joy of your salvation, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You see, sometimes we will stuff up. And the only time we really fall over is if we have our confidence in ourselves, not in God. You know, and I'm going to finish these other sections pretty quickly. It says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. You see, our God is faithful. He is faithful. He has promised that. And we have to hold on to him unswervingly in a hope knowing that he will do what he has said he'll do. Let us, not, uh, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And that's an overflow of confidence in God, not in ourselves. To, because then we actually start to focus on other people. I don't know if you're getting this this morning, but it's okay to have confidence in God for us. But then we've got to see that spill out, the, over, the abundance, the overflow that spills out onto other people. And then we start to see this, this how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. It overflows. You know, it's just like that pay it, pay it forward campaign where, where people were doing good deeds and good things for people and it's sort of like that encourage others to start doing the same thing. And it's the same in the church cult, culture and context, really. You know, that we're not only takers, but we're givers. You know, and we have to encourage, be encouragers of other people. Uh, keeps going on. Let us not give up meeting together somewhere in the habit of doing. And, and so there's this confidence that's built as we meet together as a body of Christ. I don't know if you realise that, but there's actually something in us is built as we meet together in the body of Christ. And sometimes we take that for granted. Sometimes we, take, we underestimate what's going on, the value of what God estimates in that process. So, but clearly meeting together builds our confidence. Let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. So encouragement is so important for every single one of us. And it's great to be encouraged but we've actually got to be an encourager of other people around us, encouraging one another. And it's, it's, you know what it's like. It's great to hang around encouraging people. You just want to be around them. You just want to hang with them, you know. And and they're the sort of people we need to be in our lives. Focus on other people, on, on the things that God's going to do in and amongst that. You know, this morning, I, um, I touched on this probably a couple of months ago, and... and uh, and Greg Kent actually encouraged me to, to, to come back to this at some stage because he said, oh, you only spent five minutes on that. I want to hear more about that. So this is sort of the, the back end of this message, I guess, if you like. And, and it's, we're going to look at a few different scriptures here. But th- this morning, I, I know you might be thinking and feeling a certain way and, uh, and basically you're saying, well... That's all right for you, Greg, you're a pastor and, and you have this confidence in God and I'm not sure God, God's going to come through for me and, and uh, you know, maybe you don't feel like you're that good or, or you don't deserve it or you're not worthy or, or you ask questions like, why would God use me? Why would God use me? You know, I don't know enough Bible, I don't have any great talent, I still lose my temper, occasionally have my doubts, you don't know what I've done in the past, I'm no great spiritual giant, just like those disciples Simon was talking about, I've messed up big time in my past. You don't know what I've done in my past, you know. And, and sometimes we feel like, well, why would God use me? Well, the truth is you're in good company because there's a lot of people in the Bible in exactly the same situation. You know, in the book of Judges, Gideon, he's a ripper. You know, this guy, seriously, he, he's hiding from the Midianites, just... Uh, uh, threshing wheat in a wine press so that no one knows he's got wheat because they, they'll take it off him. And the Lord appears to him in, in this and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, I don't know if you've ever um, thought about that, but, but this is a guy out of the left field. We don't know any other background to him, some context. But all of a sudden, God turns up <laughs> while well, he's doing the most basic of things, in fear probably, it says the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, this morning, I don't know what you're facing, but I want you to take that phrase away. If nothing else you hear this morning from me, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, was Gideon a mighty warrior? No chance, no chance. He look, a wine press probably had to be down in a hollow, so he was down in a cave somewhere, threshing wheat, so he had some food, hiding away. He wasn't a mighty warrior at all, and yet God spoke into his spirit and said, you are a mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, Gideon. What's Gideon's response? This is faith. Well, if the Lord is with us, why did all this happen? Where are all His wonders? You know? and, and, and I guess we all do that from time to time. Where's the miracles? Where's the blessing? Where's your favour? Where's the victories? Where's those things in my life? Why are we suffering, God? Why are we going through this, Lord? You know, and I, I don't know how many times I've been Asked that over the years, you know, if the Lord's with us, why did this happen? You know, where's His wonders? Where's His miracle? Where's where, where, what's going on? And 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 I don't, know, I can't always answer that for people. But All I know is, the Lord is with you, and He calls you a mighty warrior, whether you think you are, or you think, or, or a warrior princess. Perhaps might be a better term for some of the ladies here. And this is how God responded to Gideon. Uh, Judges 6, 14, 15. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? But Lord Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. So excuses. God doesn't want our excuses. He wants us to have confidence in who he is. In who he is. Why would God use you? Why would God use you? Why would someone, God use someone like me? Who does God use most often in the Bible when we read through it? He uses the insecure. He uses the insecure. You know, Moses, <laughs> when we read Exodus, uh, and particularly Exodus 4, we'll have a look at it here this morning, God is charging Moses with the responsibility and authority to take Israel out of Egypt. They've been there for 400 years, and he says, okay, Moses, you're the man. And this is Moses' response. To God. Oh Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since, and have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech. And maybe your excuse is I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm not experienced enough, I'm not outgoing enough, I haven't got any great talent. I, 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 what do you want me to do? I, I'm terrified of people, I'm terrified of crowds, I haven't got a lot of self confidence. Well, good. We need to have confidence in God, not self-confidence. You know, I don't know how I'm going to... I'm not going to fit all this in. But I just want to give you a bit of personal testimony because confidence has been something that I've struggled with over the years. And I, I was... When we planned the church, I can tell you I was pretty arrogant. I um, I thought we were going to set this place on fire and... and uh, and, you know, and, and so we planned the church, and we did good. We did good for the first, you know, three, four, five years. We, we were doing well. We were building. Every year we were growing, and, and things were going great. And then we started looking at this property and said, okay, how do we buy this property? And, and it looked impossible. We didn't have money. We didn't have anything to do it. And, and we twisted and turned and looked at all sorts of different places and kept coming back to this place, couldn't work it out. And the lady actually confirmed it. She said that I owned the property, Pat Betts. She said, I, I always... Felt like God told me this was going to be a church one day. And when she said, they went, oh, heck, I think we're in trouble here because I can't see any way out of this. We haven't got any money, though. So in the end, we actually said, look, we can't do it. Go and sell it to someone else. We can't do it. We tried. We just just can't make it happen. And this one particular night, woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, as you do, and uh, grabbed my Bible and started to read and, you know, just wide awake, those sorts of things, and, and just turned, I've been reading Deuteronomy 8.1, you know, to live and increase uh, and enter and possess, and, and I loved that because it really stirred me, and then I read on a bit from that, Deuteronomy eight eight seven Deuteronomy 8, seven and it talked about the good land, to enter the good land. I knew just right, then, right then God was speaking to us about, okay, do you believe this is me speaking? Do you believe it's a good land? Do, do you believe it? We, then you've got to do something about it. That's that <laughs> faith. That's that, that full assurance of faith. And at that stage, we realised, well, I realised that we had to contribute something more than we had, and that was to sell our house and, and tip it into the property, to, to, into the church, to buy the church. And so I talked to Robin about it, and, and we, we did that way. Now, I thought, OK, well, God's sort of prompted me on this, so this will all be fantastic. This will be all plain sailing from here on in, and... Um, no no we encountered such amazing resistance you know um so many different levels of it from circumstances from people from council um you know uh, it it took us 12 months to get this place approved after we committed to buying it And and there was a bit of stress involved in that, you know, and it didn't look like they were going to let us at one stage and they had all these listed conditions and we said, yep, yep, we'll do that for sure, not knowing how we'd ever do that. You know, people got unsettled when in the process and uh, we lost people and, and as a consequence of that, I got a little discouraged and I lost my confidence. My confidence took a battering in that process. And I got pretty insecure. At the same time, I snapped my Achilles tendon so for three months I was on crutches. In the 12 months that we, from when we bought the property to when we actually started using it as a church, it was just a horror. It was just every step of the way it was just tough. Council made it so difficult for us. We, they, we talked to them before we bought the property. They said, yep, no problems. Just change the usage and you'll be able to use it as a church. Got to them by the time we bought it. They said, oh, no, that's all changed now. You can't do that anymore. Now you have to go through all these processes to, to do that. And... Uh, um, I just took a real battering. But I, I, this is where I got to, and I'll, I might finish with this this morning. Because it's the end of Hebrews 10. And it says this in verses 35 and 37. This was my revelation. Because you know what? Let me just give you some context. I thought, uh oh, I've made the wrong choice. I mustn't have heard God properly. I've messed up. We'll never have a family home again. All those things you go through as as a processing things. And then God gave me this scripture out of Hebrews 10, verses 35 and 37. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you receive what he has promised for just in a little while. And I love adding that little half verse, for just in a little while. Because you know what? It's not now, it may not be tomorrow, and maybe not next week, but if you've got the promise of God on your life, if you know what God is calling you to, in just in a little while it will happen. just in a little while. And your little while might be months or years or decades sometimes. But don't throw away your confidence just because it hasn't happened. You will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so when you've done the will of God, you receive what he has promised, what he has promised for just in a little while. You see, there is a rich reward for us as long as we have our confidence in him, not in ourselves, not in our own circumstances. for those people who are facing difficult circumstances maybe you've got a promise from God maybe you know God's got some purpose for your life a plan and purpose but you haven't seen it yet and you don't know how it's ever going to happen all the news is bad all the circumstances are, are turning against what you think God's plan and purpose is. i have been there. I know what that's like. And if that's you this morning, yeah, I want you to be bold. Confidence is being bold. I want you to stand to your feet. If you know that you want prayer this morning for a tough circumstance that you're going through, you have to tell us what it is. I just want you to stand your feet because I want to pray for you this morning. Who's that this morning? Who's got a tough situation? That's better. See, that's a boldness. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's, let's just hold out your hands to those people. If you can get close and lay your hands on them if you can. Just, just put your hand on their shoulder or, or, or just stick them out towards them. Lord, we lift up. Every single person here, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare our confidence is in you, God. Not in our circumstances, not in the the situations that we face, God, not in the battles, the wars, God. We declare that you, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, that's where our confidence is. And, and, And I don't know if God's given you a promise. I pray and hope he has. But that promise is there for you and all you've got to do is hang in there for just in a little while there'll be a rich reward just in a little while there'll be a rich reward so father we declare every single circumstance every single situation god we declare it before you we hold it to you god and we ask for you to do what only you can do god in the name of jesus christ we declare your hand upon those circumstances god and through our confidence in you, the name of Jesus Christ will be the banner of Jesus Christ be held high. God, that you will get the honour and you will get the glory in this. Because we know we can't do it, but we know in you, when our confidence is in you, you can do all things, all things, all things. In the name of Jesus, we declare that done. In the name of Jesus. And in just in a little while, hold on to that, people. Hold on to that thought. just in a little while. There'll be a rich reward for every single one of us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Okay, come on, let's give God Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Life Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.